0: All right, guys, welcome. Welcome to the latest episode of the Heat Locker. A little bit different today. As you can see, uh, first of all, we're now going to film our podcast. So you'll get an opportunity to, for those that enjoy watching, that are, uh, watching these on YouTube, we're going to try and reach out and make it a little easier for you guys. Um, also, you'll notice we're not in the sauna. Normally, we're sitting back at the, the gym at Sydney West Martial Arts in the sauna, and um so far, you know, we're about what are we eleven eleven or so episodes deep. We uh have been re- you know, people have been at the academy and we jump the sauna and we have a chat. Today's a little different. Today's just me. Today's gonna to be testing our gear here in New York City. So I'm actually currently sitting in my hotel room. So this if this is a video that you've stumbled across, this is uh this is as little amount of clothing as I'm gonna have one, okay. So if you're expecting me to lose it through this, I'm sorry guys, I'm sorry to disappoint you But uh, this is what we're going to have to deal with today But yeah, uh, all jokes aside, I'm in my hotel room and uh, I'm in New York City And I'm over here doing some training I'm training with the best guys in the world at Henzo Gracie Academy and at Sarah BJJ And uh, yeah, I just thought, what a great time to, I've got a spare, spare bit of time uh, Finished training for the day and I thought I'll have a chat to you guys and, and document some of this trip. So, also, it's going to be, well, we're going to have an opportunity, hopefully, I'm going to be doing one of these with Jason Rao later in the week. So, we'll uh, this will be also probably a good tester for chatting to Jason later on, how this gear works. Um, I've bought it literally across the whole entire world to um, to utilize it. So, hopefully, it, all the setup is good. Hopefully, you guys can hear me well and see me well and uh yeah if this is a good thing and people are enjoying it on on youtube make sure you share it and like it and all that sort of business as well um we've got a little sponsor of the podcast again guys we're not a we're not we're not the joe rogan experience but we uh we are supported by uh analyst combat they're an australian brand who makes uh, fantastic uh, clothing for training they make rash guard shorts in particular they they make the sydney west martial arts shorts that we all use um they've got our logo on them they're Probably the best training shorts that I've had. Um, so jump on their website, endlesscombat.com.au. Shorts.au always kind of get that wrong. And uh, check out their gear. Uh, if you do happen to buy something, if you use the promo code HEATLOCKER10, you'll get a 10% discount. So if you jump on there and like some of their stuff, save some money. So it's uh, it's Saturday afternoon. It's about 4. I haven't got my phone with me because I'm recording, but it's about 430 and, um, yeah, I've been here for a week now, and I'm just going to go through sort of what's what's been happening, talk about New York a little, talk about some of the things with traveling abroad and, and training abroad, I should say, and, uh, you know, hopefully you guys find it interesting. If you see me grabbing my back a bit, I've, I'm, I'm uh, touch wood, predominantly very good as far as injury is concerned. Very rarely do I break down, very rarely do I have too many issues, but... My bloody uh, lower back today got sort of tweaked and it's really tight and and uncomfortable. So I'm going to try my best to sort of sit up straight, but if you see me moving around, it's due to that. So I've organized this trip to Manhattan. It's difficult because Manhattan is probably the most expensive place in the world that you can stay. And yes, you can. you don't have to stay in Manhattan to train in Manhattan, but I didn't want to be on trains all the time. Okay, so most of our excuse me, most of the training that I've been doing has been at Henzo Gracie Academy. And uh, as probably some of you know, that's in Manhattan. It's on 30th. It's between 7th and 8th Avenue on 30th, which is right in the middle of Midtown. And the last thing I wanted to be doing even was being, uh, you know, in a hotel that was 10, 20, 30 blocks away. So if you look um, where, let me get my bearings. So out behind me, out behind my window here, is um, I'm sure that's the Hudson River, but that's sort of looking over onto 9th Avenue and then further over. So this direction behind the camera there, if you go over two streets, takes you onto Seventh. So if you go down Seventh, about three blocks past Madison Square Garden (MSG) and Penn Station, the big station, you go just past that, like literally three blocks, and there's Hanzo. So I'm a five-minute walk from the Academy. I'm not even having a shower there. Like I'm literally coming back here for showers. So I cannot explain how good that has been. Um, The issue is that you obviously pay for that convenience. So I'm staying at a hotel called the New Yorker and I did a shitload of, um, a whole shitload of uh, internet searching and looking at hotels to try and find the right place, obviously at the right price also. Um, If you're looking at doing it like most jiu-jitsu players are on an absolute shoestring budget, you're probably going to find yourself in a hostel somewhere or on an Airbnb on someone's couch. But that just wasn't going to work for me. Um, I definitely needed my own space, needed my own bathroom, somewhere to shower and somewhere that that was mine, um, somewhere I could lock up and leave my things. And and there was a lot of things that I was considering there. Had to be um, close to the academy Uh, I had to have a restaurant so I can actually eat food because they're getting back at all different times of the night. So there's a few things that I was looking at and this place has been fantastic so I would highly recommend it anyone that wants to stay in town and uh, I mean even if you weren't training jujitsu, if you were just looking for somewhere to stay this place is probably um, moderately priced I'd probably say it's in the middle of the price bracket Um, but it's been great. My room's good. Guest cleaned. See, that's the thing with having a hotel room. Your room is cleaned every day. They give you fresh towels. Um, just all those little luxuries start to make a difference, especially when you're here for. I'm here for 14 days on the actual floor, so um, you know I, I didn't want to be living out of a suitcase in someone on someone's lounge. So that's just me. But um, you know, if you're a poor jujitsu kid that just wants to come and train here, you may have to couch surf. So it's it's up to you. Um, it's an individual choice obviously but this place has been fantastic so the new yorker check that out we're on, uh, it's on 8th avenue 8th and 34th i think it is and henzo's is on 30th so you're four blocks from henzo's anyway guys so i got in on um, saturday a week ago uh, as most australians will appreciate jet lag's tough for us um, traveling what do they say traveling traveling east is the more difficult um, direction to travel as far as jet lag is concerned. So traveling from Sydney to LA and then LA over to um, New York is the sort of worse for jet lag. We're literally turned around. So right now in Australia, people are starting to wake up. It's kind of like 6 or 7 a.m. in the morning, um, but I've just been awake all day. So the first few days of training were just absolutely horrendous. Like you're super sleepy and tired during the day when you need to perform and then come nighttime, when you need to be trying to get to sleep because you're exhausted from training, your body kind of is awake. Your circadian rhythm is just, uh, you know, inverse. It's it's flipped over. So it takes a – I think it probably took me until about – so today's Saturday. I think it took me till about Wednesday, Thursday, till I finally got some good sleep and kind of feel about right. Um, so, you know, consider the jet lag, guys. Don't think you're just going to rock up and just – be ready to do your A-game straight away. You're just not. Um, the other thing um, to consider is uh, it's summer here. Now, Australia, we, we have legitimate summers where it's 45 degrees every day. But uh, Manhattan, it's like 30 degrees every day, but the humidity is horrendous. And obviously, you then add that into these um, these gyms, particularly like Hanzo's. It's in a basement. There's very little airflow. Even Sarah's gym, there's very little airflow, no air conditioning. It's... Uh, it's hot, like it, the, 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 the humidity heat has really knocked me around. So um, just be aware of all these type of things, guys. I mean, if you come here in winter, it's going to be snowing, so it's kind of tricky. Last time, the time before this when I came here, I came in October. And uh, to tell you the truth, the weather was not bad. It was quite moderate then. So I would maybe, you know, if you're looking at probably that in between summer and winter, maybe October. So it's currently... What are we in July? Today's like the seventh of July, so I think sixth or seventh. Um, well, three, six. It's a sixth today, sixth of July. So it kind of seems to be middle-ish of their of their summer. But yeah, so hit the ground after a pretty big flight. You know, you're looking at a flight time to LA of about fourteen hours, and then you're looking across the across the country from LA to um, JFK of about five, depending on. On the flight, that my flight became seven because we got um, delayed at this end, so we circled around. So at the end of a of a 20-odd-hour trip, we did some um, circles in the air, which was, uh, as you can imagine, was fun. And, uh, yeah, finally got here. So as far as getting from the airport, guys, uh, there's trains you can catch. If you're not confident with the trains, which I am kind of wasn't initially, I'm getting better now. Um, obviously, you can take a taxi. It's a flat rate. They, they can only charge you, I think it's about 60-odd dollars. But just keep in mind, everything's American dollars. So you sort of look and go, oh, yeah, 60 bucks, 50 bucks. Oh, yeah, that's 20 bucks. Oh, that's 10. But you forget that once we do the exchange rate, uh, like 60 American dollars works out to be about uh, approximately 100,000 Australian dollars. Our um, our dollar is horrendous. It's like 67 cents or something stupid. So just keep in mind, you, you're swiping your card, but you're actually spending a lot more money than you maybe um, realize you are. So if you've got yourself a budget, just take take into account that everything's kind of more expensive because you're not uh, considering the the transfer between Australian and US dollars. So I got in on Saturday night, tried to get myself to sleep, which was very difficult, had a very disruptive sleep that night. And then the um, the basic way I wanted to do it was that I wanted to mix my time between obviously Henzo Gracie Academy with John Danaher. John Danaher is... The reason I came to New York, um, if it wasn't for Danaher, uh, my game would be left behind stuck, just kind of trying to work things out and and muddle through, which a lot of people are doing with their jujitsu. Uh, he's given me a really clear understanding and direction to follow and yeah, he's been inspirational and, um, has changed my teaching, changed my academy, changed my game, everything. So, um, you know, I have to give huge props to, to Danaher, who is just the mastermind when it comes to this stuff. So he's the reason I came to New York. He is a uh he's he's a uh, teacher who works at a Hanzo Gracie Academy. So most people probably know they're listening to this. And he's a funny guy, John. Funny in many ways, but he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. And he um he's produced some of the best submission grapplers in the world and he turns these guys into really high level grapplers really quickly. He is just, uh, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go on for too long. Most of you probably uh, have a good feel on what John's done, but yeah, you know, he's the what, what he can do in the training room and and the way he explains jiu-jitsu to a guy who is um effectively, you know, jiu is a career for me um, as a coach, and uh, yeah, the the way he does it is just on another level to anyone else that I've uh, experienced. So you know, he's worth the price of admission alone. So. Came along to Hanzo's. Um, the cl- he teaches classes every day. What you got to remember is the classes he teaches. You must be a blue belt and above. And to tell you the truth, blue belt is definitely a minimum. I mean, the way he teaches this, the people you're gonna roll with. There's some other blue belts in the room, but the way he. Uh, th- it's sort of high-level stuff. You're not going to get baby long, so John's going to show a technique. There's not going to be a warm-up and doing push-ups and jumping jacks. He's going to start class. He's going to walk over, and I'll talk about that more in a second. Actually, I won't go into that yet, but yeah, I would recommend definitely, probably definitely, if there's any white belts listening, take on what you can from Danaher. But um but I wouldn't be making a big trip to New York if you if you intend on training with John. And then the other half of my time is going to be split with uh, Jason Rowell who effectively is... is uh, other than Elvis, is my coach. Um, Elvis Sinisig is obviously my coach who I got my black belt from. And then really I consider my other coach, Jason Rao, And um, he is a phenom. He's a phenom competitor, but he's also a fantastic coach. And he's um, he's a black belt under Matt Serra. Who, Matt Serra is actually a black belt under Henza Gracie, who also happens to have given John Danaher his black belt. So it's kind of all connected there. So that was my game plan coming out here. Basically, um, the game plan for me was Wednesday... Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at Hanzo's. Uh, the reason they're particularly good days is because there's an AM session that starts at about 8 o'clock and then there's a 12.30 session um, that starts at about probably more close to sort of 10 to 1. So you've got two sessions there and that double is, is you know, a killer. Um, I tr- I've, tr- I've actually on the, um, let me think, I think it was Wednesday, I actually did a triple, so I did the Danaher sessions morning to noon and then went out to Long Island at night, and, uh, yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot of training, particularly mixed that with the heat, loss of water. By the end of um, that evening, I was just cramping. I couldn't. I just couldn't even operate anymore, which, um, you know, generally I'm pretty good, but it was just, just different stuff. So, um, yeah, so, guys, uh, Sunday I went out. So Sunday I got up. I wanted to get some work in, even though I was jet lagged, Went out and trained with Jason Rowe. It was just an open mat. Just got a bit of a roll in, but the heat knocked me around horrendously. Um, To get out to train with him from Manhattan, just to give you a lowdown, you have to get out to where to Long Island. So Long Island is kind of about an hour or so away from Manhattan. So you've got to jump on the train at Penn Station here. You've got to get on the Long Island Railway. Railroad? No, Railroad they call it. L-I-R-R. So you're looking for those signs. You find the LIRR. You jump on a ticket. It costs about twenty bucks round ticket US. So you know, do the numbers on that Australian. And uh, you're looking about a forty-five minute ride out to a town called Hicksville. and Then you're looking about a ten-minute taxi drive to get to the academy. So I get out there to the taxi, and the taxi guy's like, "Where are you going? I'm gonna look, mate. I'm not sure the address." Um, he goes, "I said it's a Jiu Jitsu academy. Jiu Jitsu academy." And this guy in like real strong sort of Long Island accent. He's like Sarah Jiu Jitsu. He's like yeah, yeah Sarah. He's like, oh yeah, Matt Sarah. So Matt Sarah is known by everyone. He's a he's a super cool dude. He's a he's a UFC Hall of Famer, I think. I want to say. I think um Sarah's a UFC Hall of Famer. He was a former welterweight champion. Knocked out George Saint Pierre. He he's uh you name it in the UFC, he's done it. He's a Jiu Jitsu world champion. He's a black belt and just a cool dude. And uh, yeah, if you don't know who Matt Sarah is, he's uh he's a cool guy have a look at have a look at him he actually has a show uh, he has a show that's on youtube that he does with dana white and um dean thomas and uh it's called what's it called looking for a fight i think it's called looking for a fight yeah check that out on youtube they they're funny they just get up to a bit of shenanigans it's a bit of a playful show but uh yeah matt Serra is a great guy so um turns out the local taxi guys know him they take me straight to the academy sunday get a workout in there Come back, come back into the city. You know, just all the, all that travel time was tough. But you know, I had to set base somewhere, so it didn't make sense to set base out there in Long Island. So um, Monday morning was then the first session at Danaher's. Did this, month, did the AM session, then did the PM session, and I think that was it for Monday. By then, I was completely trashed. You know, um, so to give you a bit of a feel on a on a Danaher's session. Uh, you go down into the basement. So, Henzo's you come in at ground floor. You go in. There's uh, some mat area off to the right-hand side where uh, predominantly the Muay Thai classes are run. Then you can go upstairs, which is where there's a cage and more MMA stuff happens. And then you go downstairs, down into the what's known as the basement, the blue basement. And there's two mat areas. There's one area that's kind of uh, sectioned off with a wall, and that's where more so the Gi classes and the um, maybe the, the, the sort of lower-level classes run. And then there's the bigger mat, and that's where John runs his class and that's where a lot of the no-gi stuff that you see on the uh, flow grappling and all that sort of stuff, that's that's where you see him training in there. Um, so you come down into that room, there's probably already, you know, if you come down at about 7-ish, there's probably already 50, 60-odd people there. guys. Some guys are drilling, some guys are warming up. Um, there's, uh, you know, you look over, you might see Gary Tone in there starting to warm up, Gordon Ryan. You might see John Danaher in the corner. It just depends. But, yeah, the room's full of superstars. You get changed, come on the mat, and uh, basically everyone just sits around and waits for for Danaher to turn up. So on the timetable, the class, I think is a 7.30 timetable class, but John turns up at about, it's just part of the routine, John turns up at about maybe 10 to 8, and uh, he'll walk in, and if you didn't know John Danaher, you'd sort of wonder who this, you know, 50-year-old looking gentleman who sort of has a bit of trouble walking, looks like, you know, bad as a bad hip or bad leg or something and dresses in like, you know, old Adidas button-up tracksuit pants and a rash guard. Like this, this person doesn't look like anyone out of the ordinary to tell you the truth and he walks over to the corner of the room where he's got a little office and uh, he'll go in there and get his, get himself organized, comes out. He'll sit on the floor and warm his knees up and his ankles a little bit. He's, um... He's got a lot of injuries, a lot of bad hip injuries and knee injuries. And then uh, by now the room's buzzing. There's people everywhere. He's already got pro- the squad guys kind of gather around him and just are chatting to him. And uh, you know, when I say the squad, the Danaher Death Squad is what they became affectionately known as. Um, that's his team of grapplers. And, and that's there's not like an official list of who's in the squad and who's not, but you kind of you know who's in there. And it's guys like Gordon Ryan, Gary Tone, and Jason Rowell. Um, Frank Rosenthal, Damien, I forget Damien's surname, um, Oliver Tarza, Ethan Krillenstein, Nikki, Nikki Ryan, um, and it kind of like expands and, um, you know, there's a few guys more that are, that are sort of hanging on. There's Craig Jones now. Realistically, Craig Jones is part of the death squad. He's there all the time. Craig's been there while I've been here. Um, yeah, so they sit there and chat the down to her and, and then he'll hop up. He'll probably clap his hands twice and then he'll walk over in a fairly quiet voice. He effectively will just uh, start giving a rundown of what we're doing. Yep, today guys are going to be working on half guard and he assumes a position then he starts teaching. And uh, so there's no like, all right guys, bow in. There's no um, yelling and screaming. There's no running around. He starts teaching. If you were not paying attention, he would start teaching and you would be fucking around in the corner. Everyone comes over. They listen. He'll demonstrate and explain three times, and then he'll say, go go to work, and that's it. He'll now sit against the wall. He'll watch the squad guys who will drill closest to him. Um, I'm lucky enough that just due to my relationship with Jason, I've kind of had a chance to be closer to there or be drilling with squad guys, so um, it doesn't, doesn't mean he'll give you any advice personally, but at least you're kind of in uh, the closer vicinity and uh, you drill. So if you're a dude that's over in the back corner, some blue belt that's just rocked up, John Danaher, he's not going to speak to you. He's not going to come and explain to you how to do the technique. Don't put your hand up. Don't ask what to do. That's not how it works. So that's what I'm saying. Unless you're at a sort of higher level, you might not get out of it what you'd get out of out of a normal academy run class. Now, I would never run my classes like this because I'm running a class for everybody. But John, John He's focusing on making the best grapplers in the world, and this is how he does it. And I cannot argue with the way he uh, he does it. He's he's shown time and again that the level he can produce is is ridiculous. So um, if you don't like it, hey, that's tough, tough shit, basically. But it's very different to a normal jiu jitsu class where you'd get baby long, and and even even if uh, even as a in an advanced class, still like I still walk around the advanced class and um, you know fault correct and do things like that doesn't happen. Danaher will fault correct some of the squad guys. He'll tell them, uh, you know, he might give them an extra little addition to do or you can try this. And uh, then he'll bring back in two or three more times. He'll add to the technique. Generally, he flows through a progression. And then he'll, uh, again, he's never yelling. He's always just in a talking voice. Um, And he'll go, all right, guys, we're going to get ready for live rolling. You've got about a minute or so to get your bit of water and get ready. And then it goes straight into positional training. And he chooses different positions to work on each time. Um, it happens to be this week we've been focusing on the mount position. So you're doing rounds from the mount. Second uh, round is mount uh, was rounds from turtle position. So you've got someone in like the side back position. You've got to get work from there. Um, third round was uh, has been guard passing where you're in a full guard and you've got to work on the passing. And then he he threw in a couple of Jujigitami rounds where you're in an armbar position. After that... Then he moves into the open session where you can start standing and then from there it's uh, generally three rounds of work there where, you know, it's full open grappling with everything. Um, Again, do not expect to be baby. John's going to sit there and watch the squad guys. He's keeping an eye on the room. Don't get me wrong. He's not running unsafe. He's keeping an eye on the place, but he's not going to come over to a blue belt. doing an arm lock incorrectly in the corner and explain to them what they should be doing. That's not how this works. Um, then the level of the level of training is quite intense. The guys go hard. Like These are professional jiu-jitsu players. And if they're not, they're guys who are trying to be, or they're guys who are professional mixed martial arts fighters or guys who want to be professional mixed martial arts fighters. So as you can imagine, it's it's a serious room and the, the level is very high. Now, that's not to say if you went and trained with a random blue belt in the corner that he's going to be of a high level. But uh, I've been over with all the squad guys, so every round has been just... A killer, an absolute killer, and luckily, spending the last year and a half working with Jason Rao and really improving uh, my overall understanding of the game, particularly the game they're doing, it's kept me alive a bit. Now, don't get me wrong; they're still working me over. Um, I consider myself to be a good, a good black belt of a good level, not a world class black belt, but you know, maybe maybe a, a rung or two below that. That's where I sort of plug myself in, and that's a fairly honest. Fairly honest assessment of my skills. Um, I think most black belts are more towards the lower end of that scale, much, much, uh, much lower. Um, and there's that's no, absolutely no shot at any of those guys. That's it's just how much you put into jujitsu. A lot of the guys are just catching a class here and there. They've been doing it for a long time, but you know they're just catching a class here and there. The, most of what they do is just repetitive. They're not learning a lot of new stuff. Um, That's not the direction that I've taken with my training and particularly I haven't done that because I wanted to improve as a coach and be able to improve my academy. So as everyone listening probably knows, I I run Sydney West Martial Arts and and my goal has always been not just to run a successful academy but to run an academy where I can be proud of the quality of my students and the quality of our jiu-jitsu. So every day for me is about obsessing of how I can do that better. And, uh, and that's the reason I've come to New York. That's the reason I'm sitting here now. I'm, I'm on the other side of the world, away from my family, so I can do that. Not because I'm here to make myself better at jujitsu. It's a bit unusual to explain this. Not because I'm trying to become this world-class competitor. Um, I think the better I can be physically, the more I can understand it as a coach. That's kind of where I'm at. Um, it's very difficult to... With most physical things, I find it's very difficult to only have a theoretical understanding. Um, that's not to say that everybody who is physically good at jiu is going to be a good coach. Uh, that, that's definitely not the case. It's been proven over and over. But for me, the way it works for me is if I can physically have an understanding of it and then understand um, the theory behind it, I can then coach other people, hopefully, to be able to emulate and replicate what we're doing. So that's how I work and that's what this is all about so um that's what this whole trip's about so anyway coming back to the to the whole Danaher thing uh you don't there's no timer on the wall you don't know how long the round's going for john is keeping an eye on the clock just in he's looking up at the clock but he's not uh he's got no timer he's just working if he's watching <coughs> sorry if he's watching two guys go and he's enjoying what he's seeing, he'll let it go. He, he, he actually let a match go, not not when I was there, it was a few weeks ago, for 20 minutes because he enjoyed what he saw the guys doing and going at it. So um, he's, a, he's a brilliant guy, he's he's uh, an unusual guy and um, his training methods are unorthodox and they they show and they pay off. So you know, I try to emulate that as much as I can with our academy. And uh, you know, hopefully, we'll, we'll, we'll be known. Uh, will be known eventually for producing you know high level grapplers over and over. So that's the way it's gone down, guys. So that was the the Monday, the Tuesday. I went out to Long Island, so I did the whole train trek. Went out to Long Island again, and got a uh, a closed session in. So it was a session that Jason Rao does with um, a bunch of the other high level guys. So um, John Callistine, um, Nick Ronan, Jason Rao a black belt from um, AOJ under the Mendez bros. I forget his name now. Um, He was there, a few other guys. So, you know, just those guys alone, there's more than enough work and information there. Again, the heat, the jet lag, had a super tough session. Knocked me around big time. Stuck around out there. Did Tuesday night, the advanced class at Tuesday night, the Jason runs. Again, did the class, did the rounds. Um, that class had uh, you know, a bunch of fantastic guys in it, a bunch of the black belts from out at Sarah's, who all move really well. Chris Weidman, the former middleweight champ. Uh, Matt Sarah was there. Uh, Davish Veli, um, uh, what's his first name? He's a UFC fighter. Uh, he's a crazy guy. I did some rounds with him. Um, <clears throat> so the quality of training's just been absolute madness. And uh, so Saturday, by Wednesday morning, you know, I'm already feeling absolutely trashed. And, but it's time to get back on doing the Danaher double. So get uh, Wednesday. I did the AM session at Danaher's, the lunch session at Danaher's again. No rest there. Grappling with guys like Oliver Tarza, um, all, all all the really good guys there. And then, of um, some reason, I decided you know not some reason, just because I want to keep getting. The, the, what I keep telling myself is, on the other side of the world. I'm in New York. It's an opportunity that doesn't come up a lot. I've got to make the most of every moment that I can. So I caught the train at Long Island and I did the um, the night session out there. And I'm actually really happy that I did it because even though I was absolutely exhausted, um, I ended up, my drilling partner was Chris Wyman, So that was pretty cool. You know, I've always looked up to Chris. He's a really nice guy. Um, he's generally a good guy, but also a fantastic fighter. He's a jiu-jitsu black belt. He actually made it to the ADCC um, finals when he was a purple belt. Obviously, he's an all American wrestler, but you know, so that, that experience alone was great. So, um, got to drill with, with Chris, got a um, couple of rounds in with him. Um, yeah, super strong, tight. He's a big boy, too. So, he's been fighting at middleweight, but I don't know. I've got a feeling he's going up to light heavy because he was probably a solid 105 kilos. You know, six foot two, big, strong boy. So, he was a handful, um, but super nice guy. You know, he was even nice enough. He said to me after, he said, Oh, he said, man, uh he goes if we were the same size well, you know you would you would you would have hammered me, but you know he's he's been kind to me, but we had a good we had a good uh back and forth round put it that way it was fun um you know, chris is also preparing f- for mixed martial arts the way people grapple for mixed martial arts is very different to how people grapple just for pure submission grappling as well, so um you know, there can be a certain amount of leveling if if we were doing any grappling with striking, he would just absolutely demolish me so." Um, I'll definitely steer clear of that. Um, so then Thursday, Thursday was the Fourth of July here in America, and that's a big, big holiday here. So, but Danaher still ran the session. So um, we came in and did a lunchtime session with Danaher, and he actually he pulled everyone in at the end of the class, and he and he said, "A lot of you are professional Jiu Jitsu players here. You're looking to be the best in the world." He said, "Just because Americans take the day off for Independence Day doesn't mean or whatever Fourth of July. I don't know if it's Independence Day." um it doesn't mean everyone else a lot of your competitors are international and they don't care they don't give a fuck he said they're training their asses off back in their country he said so you don't get to have the day off he said uh you know those of you that have come along today great job um be proud of yourself now you can go and relax but remember that just because it's a public holiday here doesn't mean anyone else cares about it and that, that was a i like that and there's something you can everyone can apply listening to this just because it's a public holiday where you are doesn't mean the rest of the world's taking it off so keep getting working so then Friday was uh, what's it today? Saturday. Friday was another day. I went to Danaher's. He ran a lunchtime session once again. It was a little quieter again because of the public holidays. I think a lot of the Americans take the long weekend off, and then that led us into today. Uh, I went out to Long Island, trained with Jason again. Again, just getting more, just hot and humid, but gathering, gathering tons of really valuable information, and just getting, just getting to watch Jason do rounds. So. I actually, I tweaked my back um, in the very first round, and that's funny. I never have this happen, but I was tight yesterday. Yesterday, I rolled my drilling partner, and the guy I rolled with for a couple of rounds was a um, a young guy who's about my size. He's he's uh, wanting to fight professional mixed martial arts, and um, he's a really high-level wrestler. So he's short and stocky, like a Chad Mendez looking guy, and. Um, he he won the won the world championships um, as a junior, which is a phenomenal um, thing. He he had a full sponsorship as a wrestler. He was getting paid like sixty k a year just to be wrestling um, for one of these colleges here. And then he decided to dump all that because he wants to become a pro fighter. So he's got all these big gyms trying to trying to sign him up. Um, you know he get he's been bought in for people's camps uh, in mixed martial arts that are look you know that are fighting wrestlers. So this guy was a very talented, strong, young, fit athlete. And uh, when we went for our rounds, I think he just, like, he didn't pass my guard. Oh, he might have passed my guard once, but, you know, but my guard retention has been good and he, like, smashed me up and tipped me upside down and put a lot of pressure on me. And I think my back must have been tight and I've been doing as as good a job as I can of recovery. And I'll talk about that a little in a moment. But, uh, you yeah, know, my, my back must have been tight. And then when I trained today, it's just literally just tweaked down in my lower back and now it's tight and sore. So I'm hoping that touch wood, if I can rest... Um tonight I'm gonna to sit and watch the UFC in a moment. So I'm actually gonna finish up soon. I won't hold you guys too long. Um I'm hoping that come tomorrow I'm feeling a bit better and uh you know I may even take tomorrow off. It'll be my first day off since I got here. I may take tomorrow off and rest that up and then Monday back to work and I'm gonna pretty much emulate the same thing next week as far as the schedule is concerned. <clears throat> and then next Saturday I fly back out. And uh, 24 hours on the plane, you also lose a day, whereas you gain a day coming here, you lose a day going back. So I actually leave here on the Saturday, but I get into Sydney on Monday, which is craziness. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be looking forward to jumping back on the mats at Sydney West. I'm going to be in there on Monday night teaching classes, and um, yeah, I can't wait to keep pushing forward. As far as the recovery, guys, um, I've talked about what I do for recovery at Sydney West. I have a, a sauna there, and I sauna every day, religiously, after training, and it is, I think, the best way to, one of the best ways to manage injuries or, or reduce um, injuries. Um, I find that it's just fantastic, particularly if you stretch while you're in the sauna. Um, I don't have that capability here. I just cannot find a sauna close by. It's just not convenient. So, um, unfortunately, I'm just having to do stretching here in the room. I'm having to try and do the best I can. Um, Try and make sure I warm up well. But the other thing I'm doing is I'm using the Theragun. So the Theragun is um, like those massage guns. I think most of you probably know the Theragun. Uh, it's been really good. I find it's it's great for warming up my muscles. I'm using it in the mornings. I'm taking it to the sessions that I can. And um, mixture between that and the, um, and the lacrosse ball, like working them into my back and sort of rolling on it, um, I'm finding that's working quite well. So, like, I mean, the back thing is just... Just the the actual bulk of work work that I'm doing is just I think it's just a lot, and um, I think my back must have been tight, and then it's just twisted. But um, generally, you need to keep on top of your recovery, guys, because you're not going to be able to keep doing this workload like I'm doing otherwise. So if you plan on coming out, you need to make sure you get on top of that. If you plan on finishing training and going out drinking beer, eating crap, you're not going to get this sort of workload in. If you're coming here to get better at jujitsu, you're going to need to dedicate to that. If you're coming here on a holiday and you can do a little bit of jiu jitsu, hey, do whatever you want. But if you're actually serious about coming over here and doing jiu jitsu, make sure you look at it like that. And, and, uh, you know, so you need to be able to have some downtime where you rest and recover and um, things that are going to assist you in doing that as well. yeah, so I feel like there's probably things I'm going to miss um out of this, but this wasn't meant to be too crazy. Um again, I'm going to sit down and talk with Jason Rowell soon. I'm going to try to um hook up with Craig Jones. He said that he would do uh, a podcast with me, so hopefully I can grab Craig. He just had his match against Tex Johnson <clears throat> and submitted Tex uh from the back with some beautiful stuff. Um a lot of stuff that uh you know gets practiced all the time at Danaher's, so Nothing was overly shocking for the crew there, but, you know, for everyone else watching, hopefully appreciated some really beautiful jiu-jitsu. And um, he's actually got a match tomorrow against the big monster Anthony Johnson. Uh, Anthony, yeah, Anthony Johnson, the huge big um, ex-MMA uh, fighter who's like 300 pounds and, and just huge, but not a jiu-jitsu player. So I think if Craig can get hold of him, he can most definitely submit him, but it's, you know, it's whether he can get hold of him. It's a five-minute round in a cage, and then one overtime. So it's a bit odd. I think the way it probably goes down is nothing happens in the five minutes. And then uh, Craig probably submits him in overtime or at least it hot, uh, rides him longer than Rumble can ride him. But it's going to be interesting. Um, so now, guys, I'm going to I'm gonna finish up here. I'm going to kick back and watch the UFC. And uh, Jon Jones fights tonight. He's fighting Tiago Santos. So that should be fun. I uh, hope you found this interesting. Again, we're going to chuck it up on our on our YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to us, Sydney West Martial Arts. Make sure you're following our Facebook page, Sydney West Martial Arts again. I've been trying to do little updates, sort of five, 10-minute live videos. Um, they're all on there and I put them on our, our YouTube as well. And follow our Instagram, guys. I'm updating with um, just little bits and stuff on the story. And again, we're Sydney West Martial Arts on there. So hope you enjoy it, guys. And uh, I'll talk soon. Thank you to our sponsors, um endless combat and thank you thank you to all my students because you know it's um me not being there for two weeks is tough it's the, the the coach sort of um especially the way I run the academy I basically do everything I do absolutely everything I don't have a bunch of other people running everything um I shouldn't say that I have other people assisting me with stuff but I do majority of the things um, so Thank you to my students. Also, thank you very much to everyone who's helping while I'm away. So um, I've got a awesome bunch of um, uh, students who assist me with coaching. So I've got guys um, who are my purple and brown belts who have come through with me. They teach our fundamentals classes. They're all jumping in and running all the extra sessions for me. I've got um, my blue and purple belt girls running the kids' classes for me. Um, everyone's just chipping in back at home. I've got the boys running boxing. And um, I just really appreciate everybody for the assistance and making this possible. And hopefully, then I can give back to you guys in continuing to a prop, uh, provide an academy where we have really high level training. And, uh, you know, I'm not just sitting on my ass and kind of teaching you guys an armbar that I learned 30 years ago. So I really hope that, um, you know, that um, you understand that I'm here. Th- for everybody going forward and trying to make us better. But I do very much appreciate everybody, um, even the students that are just uh, coming in and training while I'm away. Uh, I'll be back soon. I'll see you guys in a week. And I'm out. Peace.